Well, first we want to welcome everybody here tonight, back again to worship. where I can see that. Too many things in my pockets. I forgot which pocket I put it in. We'll get this together here. All right. And I want to be the first to say congratulations. It's great. Great news. There's various different types of, of sermons and different ones that are appropriate for different times. Sometimes we use per sermons to persuade, convict, and other times to educate. And that's more on the line of what tonight's sermon's gonna be. And it's more appropriate for a Sunday night, smaller group, people that are more faithful, a little more closer to God as far as with the scriptures. Edification, 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can have faith in the scriptures. We can trust the scriptures. But not all translations are equal. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is powerful, and without a doubt, the Bible, the Word of God, is the number one threat to Satan. So what better way to pervert the Word of God than to create various man-inspired versions of the Bible, taking away from the inspired and preserved Word of God and leading men away from the truth. This is the intent of Satan, to cast doubt and to lead people away from God. Beginning in the Garden of Eden, Satan attacked the truth, attacked the Word of God. Genesis 3, 1 through 5 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree 
which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it lest you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. And there's that single little word, not. With that single little addition, Satan cast doubt, which led to sin. This has persisted until the present day. Satan has succeeded corrupting the world. The flood came and brought destruction that necessitated, necessitated, I can say that, a new beginning. He tried again, resulting in the confusion of Babel and the beginning of the Babylon and false religion. This false system spread throughout Eastern religions. The philosophical thought of Greece and Rome and finally to the church. Since the beginning of time, Satan has always worked <coughs> through philosophy and false religions to try to destroy the knowledge of God and his word. The prophet Jeremiah tried to warn the people of their falling away. Jeremiah 23, 36 says, In the oracle of the Lord you shall mention no more, for every man's word will be his oracle. For you have perverted the words of the living God, the Lord of hosts, our God. Over and over we are told that the word of God is pure and everlasting. Psalm 12, 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And then in 1 Peter 1.25, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. God never changes and neither does his word. We read this in Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And yet, today we are faced with this never-ending battle, this assault on Christ's church and his word. And this is what I want us to look at tonight in this short period of time that we have, and I'll try to stay on track. Some may already have an extensive knowledge on this subject of different translations, different variations. While others might think this is a minor issue, something more in the line of a nuisance, or others may think that it's just something we have to deal with. In the past, I was among that group that thought that this just really wasn't that big of a problem. Just one of those things out on the fringe that a very minor few believe in. But it's a real problem. A problem that's growing, and I believe for the most part it's going unnoticed. Case in point, I was talking to someone. We'd been having conversation back and forth by email. 
I sent them some scripture references. Later that day, I got an email back from that same person disagreeing with me. They simply said, that's not what my Bible says. Immediately I replied, sent a reply back, and I asked, one, what version are you using? And if you'd send me exactly what your Bible says, word for word. Next email got, I got back shocked me. Went and verified it. And to my surprise, that was, I mean, that wasn't what, I mean, it was what their Bible said, but it, what I had sent wasn't. They were using what's called an inclusive Bible, an inclusive version. And the subject we were discussing was qualifications of elders and why women are not elders in the church. So immediately our conversation shifted from qualifications of elders to the reliability of different versions of the Bible and translations. If you don't know what an inclusive Bible is, and that's, that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at man-inspired versions of the Bible. I put together most of this sermon several months ago. I kept putting it, putting it off, putting it away, waiting for kind of what I felt was the best time to present it in the best way. First, I feel one, I, well, I probably wasn't the best person to deliver it. Maybe I wasn't educated enough on the subject to do it justice. And then I wasn't for sure of a way to do it to keep from offending anybody. But I, as I was preparing for what I thought I was going to preach on tonight, I realized this was a subject that needed to be addressed. My original sermon I was working on titled, Why the Lost Aren't Being Saved. I wanted to dig a little deeper into the steps a person has to go through in order to be saved. And everybody knows the five, we had the six, hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, live faithful. But as I started on the subject of hearing, the very first one, I realized that this issue of man-inspired versions was bigger than I originally thought. Just like the eunuch, someone has to deliver the word accurately and explain scripturally what it means. If someone is using a corrupted version, then how can they hear the true word of God? Now, 45 minutes is nowhere near long enough to cover this subject. But we can be sure to bring light to this problem in order to give you some basic information of what this problem is and what it's all about. Also, I feel this needs to include a little bit of an advisory statement beforehand before we look at these versions. As I was putting this together, I kept thinking, well, I need to be looking over my shoulder because it just bugs me even to write this down word for word for what they, they did. But if you're like me, some of this literally should make your blood boil. It should make you mad. Also, I tried to pay attention to grammar and punctuation as I made up this PowerPoint, which we'll see. So capitalization, or the lack of it, is exactly as it's written in these versions. We'll start by one of the earliest man-inspired versions and work our way forward to the more modern versions 
in print today. Keep in mind, this is just a, very, just a few examples of what's being printed and made available to the world today. Also, due to time constraints, I can only touch on like single issue, single verses in each of the examples. So, for time's sake, I'm only going to touch on a single issue per, per version. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What's the difference between translations? I thought this was pretty good comparison. You've got from the right something that's just pretty well just paraphrased, man's thoughts. It takes a part of the scripture and it's just what that person paraphrases it, puts it back into what he feels is proper English. And then all the way to the left, which is a more formal word for word. And you'll notice like New American Standard, Amplified, King James, New King James, which is probably the majority of what is being used. So versions do matter. If we look at the very far right, you're going to take whatever, what, the, what some, what man thought. If you take it from the left, it's going to be a more formal word for word translation, more accurate. Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. These are six that I want to take a look at tonight. Like I said, we go through these just a little quick, fairly quickly. Basically, I'm going to start with the earliest versions and move to more current. What's a you know more current all the way to the far right, which at one point was the best-selling. Number one, New Testament in, on Amazon. It's not right now because it's out of print. They oversold. You can't get a copy. We'll start with the Jefferson Bible. The life and morals of Jesus of Nazareth extracted from the Gospels in Greek, Latin, French, and English. It was written in 1820. That's it up there, and that's a copy of it here. Thomas Jefferson, we know, he penned the Declaration of Independence and was the third president of the United States of America. He's considered by most as the most influential of the founding fathers. However, most don't know that Thomas Jefferson created his own version of the Bible. It's in the Smithsonian, the original is. Taking a penknife, he poured over biblical text in Greek, Latin, French, and English. He cut, literally cut and pasted passages to create what's called the Jefferson Bible. Jefferson considered himself a Christian, 
but he didn't agree with many of the traditional Christian, Christians' views. Jefferson viewed Jesus strictly as human. So Jefferson cut and pasted the moral teachings of Jesus and those passages about Jesus' life that Jefferson considered reasonable. It's in four columns, and like I said, in Greek, Latin, pasted on one side, French and English on the other. Thomas Jefferson, he did not believe Jesus to be the Son of God. He denied miracles of Jesus and re any reference to him being the Son of God. The Thomas Jefferson Bible ends abruptly at the death of Jesus, leaving out not just any reference to miracles, but also the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension into heaven. It also leaves out the acts of the apostles and everything past. Because if Jesus wasn't divine, if he wasn't the son of God, what the apostles did had no authority. Give you an example, New King James Version of John 19, 41 to 42. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet had been had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. And then Matthew 27, 60. And they laid it in his new tomb, which had been which had hewn out of rock, and had and he had rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. The Jefferson Bible reads, Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein never a man yet laid. There they laid Jesus and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And that's the end of his New Testament. So this was one of the very first attempts of somebody creating their own version of the Bible. Another example, Revelation 22, 18 through 19 says, for if I testify, for I testify to everyone who bears the words of the prophecy, this book, if anyone adds to the, these things, God will add him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Deuteronomy 4.2 says, You shall not add to the word which I commanded you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you. Something we all should take heed to, and something Thomas Jefferson should have taken heed to. The next one version, written in 1993, it's called the Black, the Black Bible Chronicles. This is real. It's not a joke. It's a series of books set on retelling of the Holy Bible in what can only be described as slang, written by P.K. McCary beginning in 2001. Well, it actually was their copyright in 93, to combat what he saw as an abandoning of God by black culture. The books were widely circulated in urban areas with the intent 
on making the Bible more readable to the mainly black, black population in a dialect they could better understand. We'll take a look at the King James Version. Genesis 2, 15 through 23 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to, comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to the beasts of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. The next, this, this might offend some people, but this is exactly what is written, what they wrote. The Almighty made the brother get down with his gig and take care of the garden, and the brother was told he could munch on every tree in the garden, but be cool around the tree of knowledge. Please don't eat from it or you'll die. And the Almighty felt it wasn't cool for the brother to be by himself. I'll make him someone to keep time with, God said. So he started forming every kind of animal out of the ground and brought them around Adam. That was the brother's name. To see what he'd name them. And the brother was down with some great names for the animals, but he was still lonely. So the Almighty put and the brother took deep in coma and took out a rib and sealed the place up again. And from the rib he created, I'm not going to stop, stop that. That's, this was written, this was actually circulated. This is actually, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, today. Proverbs 35 through 6 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. And Deuteronomy 12, 30, 12 and 32, Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. How wrong can that be? How wrong is that? The next one, the street Bible. This one, this one is current. 2003. Says it's creative, it's colorful. It's the Bible as you've never read it. In this engaging new paraphrase, 
author and actor Rob Lacey renders the Bible in the language of the modern urban reader for new and seasoned readers alike. The Street Bible takes the message of the scriptures into the 21st century to create the impact it had in the first century. And I add that, I read that to let you know what the author felt about it, how they promote this. And I truly did try to find non-offending scripture. Anybody wants to pour through these, you're more than welcome, but you will find some that will, some scripture that will offend you. King James Version, Beatitudes, Matthew 5, and I'm only going to take 1 through 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. the street Bible. Jesus sees how the troop of his groupies is growing, so he goes up on the nearest hill and lets them follow. They listen in as he teaches his team. I'll tell you who will laugh last, the people who don't think too much of themselves, who know they're a mess. Their ticket to heaven's already in the post first class. I'll tell you who will still be laughing. The people who know about grief, who don't sh shove the mess behind the sofa, but face it, God himself is going to put his arm around them. And I'll tell you who will laugh longest, the modest, gentle types who don't go around grabbing. They'll get the world. Doug's covered this word blessed. Greek word makarios, translated as blessed or happy in Strong's number 3107. But makarios is so much more than being happy. That English word happy just does not do it justice. justice. To be blessed is to be in God's favor because I am in his favor. Better things will come my way, and things will turn out great for me. If blessed means happy, it's the ultimate happy that's ever been, because it means that we are in God's favor. To say blessed means to be able to have the last laugh is an insult to God. To have the last laugh implies spite or hate towards another. 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. If we have compassion for, more, for all men, how could we laugh at their state of being lost? Total lack of compassion and a total wrong translation. This next one, it's called the Queen James Bible. I've got every one of them here if you... Anybody doesn't believe it. And I don't buy these. Most of these were sent to me by people that knew I was putting this together. I did buy the Jefferson Bible sometime back because I wanted a copy of it in my library. Uh, 
and I bought the very last one, but it was from a used book dealer. The rest were sent to me. The Queen James Bible. Set that over there. The Queen James Bible was published in 2012. Publishers started with the 1769 edition of the King James Bible and removed or changed all negative references to homosexuality. Sometimes the Queen James Bible is referred to as the gay Bible. This is their church. The, let's take the first, the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. This man version man-made version. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor morally weak, nor promiscuous, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It changed. I've got that highlighted. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. And they've changed it and left out. It's nor, nor morally weak, nor promiscuous. You know their excuse in one of their responses? Well, we only changed a few verses. The rest of it's the King James Version. We only changed a little bit. Remember that one word? That one little word changed and brought sin into the world. King James, Revelation 22, 18 through 19 says, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of prophecy of this book. Again, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in the, uh, this book. And again, Deuteronomy 4, 2 you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take away from it. How simple. What do they not understand? I do not understand a person that can intentionally change scripture to fit what they want and be able to sleep at night. I would be afraid I'd die in my sleep knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing the, my fate, it can't get any clearer than that. This next one, this is an inclusive Bible. That's just like it looks there. So like I said, I felt it was important to bring a copy of these. I didn't believe they existed. I knew they existed. I just didn't believe that's exactly what it said. It says, they say the 
Inclusive Bible is a fresh, dynamic translation into modern English, carefully crafted to let the power and poetry of the language shine forth, particularly when read aloud. Doesn't make it any easier, any better. Giving it an intimacy, an immediacy and intimacy rarely found in traditional translations of the Bible. This just happened to be the scripture and the, and the Bible that the person I was working with, we tripped up on. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Qualifications of overseers. New King James Version. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules over his own house well, having his children in submission and with reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest he be puffed up with pride, lest he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. The inclusive Bible. You can depend on this. Whoever wants to be a bishop aspires a noble task. Bishops must be irreproachable, married only once, even-tempered, self-controlled, modest, and hospitable. They should be good teachers. They must not be addicted to drink. They shouldn't be... Let me get back over to where I can read it. They shouldn't... They shouldn't be contentious. Instead, they should be gentle and peaceful. They must be free from the love of money. They must be good managers of their own households, keeping their children under control without sacrificing their dignity. For if bishops don't know how to manage their own households, how can they take care of the church of God they shouldn't be new converts, lest they become conceited and thus incur the punishment once merited, for, meted out to the devil. They must also be well thought of by the outside of the church to ensure they don't fall into the disgrace, which is the devil's trap. So if a man, and then they translate to whoever, he desires, they put in bishop, to avoid that. The husband of one wife, married only once. And it goes on and on. So they just took out the parts they don't like. Again, I would be afraid to go to sleep at night. And this will be the last one that I cover. This one 
is the only second one that I've ever bought. And again, from a used bookstore, I don't believe in supporting the author or the publisher. I don't mind the money going to a used bookstore to, to an owner, but I'm not gonna support them. And that's the reason when I stated that, that's the reason different ones had sent me copies. This at one point was number one bestseller on Amazon, not that long ago. Number one best-selling New Testament. You can't, like I said, you can't get a copy. You couldn't as of Friday. They're all back-ordered. That's how popular it is. They oversold, they outsold their printing. That's how much, and somebody can tell me that this isn't going to be an issue. These are gonna be popping up everywhere. And again, it's exactly what they wrote, and I try to pick non-offensive parts, non-offensive scripture. It says the first nation's version is a retelling of the creator's story, the scriptures, following the tradition of the storytellers of these oral cultures. Many of the First Nations tribes still resonate with the culture and linguistic thought patterns found in their original tongues. This way of speaking with its simple yet profound beauty and rich cultural idioms still resonate in the hearts of First Nations people. I have no issue with somebody, like if it was translated to Cherokee or whatever, I have no issue as long as it's that word to word, this thought translation, man's idea of what it should say. Well, I'll let you read it for yourself. Acts 2.38, very familiar verse, but New King, New King James Version. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful promise. Their version, change your, your wicked thinking, stands on the rock, instructed them, that's Peter, and participate in the purification ceremony that is done in the name of Creator sets free, which is Jesus. The chosen one, representing him, I assume that's God, and initiating you into the, his right ways, you will then be healed from your bad hearts, released from your broken ways, and gifted with the Holy Spirit, who will give you the strength to walk the good road with him. Let's look at one more. John 3.16, another familiar one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Their version. The great spirit loves this world of human beings. So deeply he gave us his son, the only son who fully represents him. All who trust in him and his way will not come to a bad end, but will have the life of the world to come that never fades away, full of beauty and harmony. I'll agree they didn't butcher as bad as Acts 2.38 did. 
they did in Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38, they actually changed the meaning in places. It doesn't describe, and I looked, what the purification ceremony is. That could be taken for whatever. But these are real. I wish there was I wish there was a lot more time. I had more. I actually trimmed this way back for time constraints. I didn't think anybody wanted to be here till 10 or 11. I figured you might get a little upset with me. But if anybody has concerns how we got the Bible or if the Bible is reliable, the two best sources, and again, if there was time, maybe another good sermon next, next time, but World Video Bible School, and these are for free. You can get them online. You can watch them on your phone. You can watch them on your iPad. If you've got Roku or I think Apple TV does, you can subscribe for free to World Video Bible School. Hundreds and hundreds of videos are, are totally free. You can watch them right there in, the, in your recliner with your cat, dog, whatever, and sit back and relax and watch them. But they do a fantastic job of going through how we got the Bible today. They do a fantastic job on how we can depend that we do have the Word of God. Just because somebody dug something up and thinks that they've got a transcript that has new revelation, but it's the only one in existence and none of the others agree with it. I've got one question. Do you think if Satan was attacking God's word in the very beginning in the garden, do you not think that he would have been still attacking it in the first century? Yeah. Do you think there were scribes who translated that, who might have done their own intention? Yeah, probably. King James tried, and that was thousand whatever years later. So it happens over and over. But when we come to the original manuscripts, and they have three or four that agree, then you can that would be the correct one. That's the one I think, you know, would be the word-for-word -word translation. I don't, I know, and I stated this from the beginning, there's different types of sermons, some to persuade, some to convict, edification, and this was more of that education. And I felt it was more appropriate for a Sunday night with a small group, be taken a little easier, a little better better understanding of the intent of why I presented it the way I did. But that doesn't mean that we should somehow skip over an invitation or that we should somehow in some ways forget our purpose. We're here because we do know the terror of the Lord. We know the fate of mankind that's lost we should have compassion. We're supposed to have compassion for them. 
We should not. God, Christ, Jesus, when he came, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He never intended. He did not want to see anybody you know, condemned to hell. He did not want to see anybody lost to the point that he went to the cross and shed his blood so that we can have that hope of salvation. That compassion, I think some, and I don't mean from here, I've, but I think out in the world, I think some, some people have lost that compassion for mankind. I think they've lost that fact or that desire that all men should be saved. We need to be able to be able to bring the word of God to everybody. We shouldn't cheapen it. We shouldn't degrade it. We, we can't make it any easier. We can't reinvent it. And we definitely can't take liberties like we've seen here. And these are just a few. These, this inclusive part, the inclusive versions, they're, they're becoming more and more popular. This was just one I was able to, somebody sent, them, sent to me, that's the reason I used that one. Because again, I'm not gonna give that author my money. I'm not gonna support him in any way, shape, or form. But that compassion that we have, it goes, for, it goes for our members who might be struggling. It also goes for, our, for those who are having problems, and that happens. It happens to all of us. So we always, as we gather, we always want to extend that invitation to everyone. So if you have any needs of the church, or someone wishes to come and be baptized, again, we want to extend that invitation as we come and sing, stand and sing.